Well, welcome to the June edition of the Rebuild Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Tom Corcoran. Thanks for listening. And again, we're continuing to listen to people's spiritual journeys and how nativity has impacted them in their in their journey. And today you're going to hear from a friend of mine, Tim Vocal. Uh, and Tim is going to share a little bit about, I think you, you'll see the themes are relationships and how the relationships he's developed here at the parish have helped him grow and then the impact of prayer. So thanks for listening. And here is my interview with Tim Vocal. Well, Tim, thanks for uh, being here and doing this and uh, appreciate you being here. We uh, obviously we get to spend once a year in Sherwood <laughs> hanging out with Ed and Frank yeah. and all this group. So Tim and Tim and I, Go away once a year with a couple of other guys and just kind of review our year. It's just like an overnight, but it's it's really good. Um, so Tim, I know about your story, but for people listening, you know, just give background about who you are, where you grew up, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, Tom, thanks for having me, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So my story uh, grew up in Baltimore. I am one of six children. Both my parents were born and raised here in Baltimore. Uh, my mom's from a huge family, one of 13, and my dad is one of four. So that parlayed into six of us. And um, yeah, so uh, born and raised here, went to Cathedral of Mary Our Queen growing up, Catholic education. Um, You're kind of the quintessential, I feel like you have the quintessential Catholic story background for for Baltimore. I don't know. Well, uh, thank you for saying that. It is, uh, I think when I was raised, like, so I was born in the late 50s, and when I was in grade school, everybody seemed to be from a big family, right? Right. It was a minimum of four, going up to kind of eight was fairly normal. So that really wasn't um, unheard of, and so therefore you were... And it just seemed like we were always hanging out with a lot of people, right? My brother had friends, and I had friends, and my younger brothers had friends, and we always had people over, right? Because we didn't have the technology, and we were outside, and it was just, you know, one of the things we always did was we played sports. And so, well, like all your friends, Catholics, were kind of all you knew, or it was... Yes. Okay. Because that's like me growing up in Philly. I mean, predominantly, right? right. Um, yeah, I would say. In, in, a, in a big Catholic world. So that's why I kind of say, too, that, that quintessential Catholic upbringing. So in that sense, you know, what was your relationship with God as a kid? That You know, you went to church, you went to Cathedral Mary Queen, but talk about what was your conception of God? During those times? Um, I would say it was very intangible. It was one of those things where we were taught, but we didn't, maybe I, I'll speak for myself, maybe I didn't quite grasp the whole concept. Um, and, And as a result of that, and maybe again, it was just maybe my learning difference, right? So I have this dyslexia, and nobody even knew what dyslexia was 50 years ago, right? And so um, I would say it made sense to a point, but I'm not sure I completely bought into it. And then we had the nuns teaching us, and, you know, we went to to mass every Sunday. And so we did kind of the routine, but I felt like I was checking the box, so to speak, right? Like I was there, um, but I'm not sure I was really present. Right. It's just, again, what you did, because you, you went to church. It was more rote. Right. Uh, now, when you went away to college, and because um, you went to North Carolina, did you keep going to church then? Or? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. 
So I always felt like I had this good heart and I had this faith, but I did not, I don't like my, and I'm not blaming my parents or anything, Tom, but you know, it was quiet, right? Like it seemed like it was more personal. It was funny. My dad studied two years to be a priest and you would think, oh my gosh, man, this would be a natural, right? And so we just didn't have that kind of connection in, in the house. Um, and so nothing was really discussed. And so it was always this kind of quiet thing. Right. And um, we certainly didn't talk about the Bible and the stories of the Bible. So there's another part, like I think growing up, when you asked me about my you know, thought about God, I, I really was, I don't feel like I was exposed to the Bible. I certainly was exposed to stories in the Bible, but not like small group where we really break it down and we have a chance to share and I don't understand that, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay. So in, in chap in Chapel Hill was there there was a campus ministry or what 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 did they have there that you kept going to church there and, so and that kept you going just did you I go just I found a church I wouldn't know anything about a campus ministry um, maybe they had it I, I don't yeah they know. probably didn't really have that much yeah I, it was probably I doubt not it then. right yeah. this was like you know the mid seventies late seventies early eighties so. You know, again, you were kind of left on your own, which is a really cool concept here about developing small group university and, you know, making sure these kids are connected after they leave here and in high school. And so, yeah, I think there's a big void out there for that, for sure. So you kept going to church your whole life. Then how did you get introduced to Nativity? And so, um, okay, so after college, traveled a bit through a couple different jobs I had. Um, Boston, Columbus, Ohio, Atlanta, Georgia, which was really cool, right? Got some culture, got a chance to get outside of Baltimore, learn a lot more about myself and the rest of the world, um, certainly the East Coast. And um, and I would say how did – so move back to um, – excuse me, move back from Atlanta to Baltimore in 2003, was recently married, and um, my wife was not Catholic, and so I said, well, guess what? You're moving back to Baltimore. It's the <laughs> oldest diocese in the United States. And this could be a little overwhelming. We went to Cathedral of Mary, our queen. You know, it's this huge parish. It's a huge church. I don't know if you're going to like it, but I'm just trying to let you know that I'm happy to do, you know, we can do the search. Right. And so we did. We went around and we searched probably 12 or 15 different churches. All Catholic or there's no, some No, there, okay. um, there were some non-Catholic churches for sure. And we ended up at um, St. Francis Xavier up on Cuba Road in Hunt Valley, uh, Father Jeff Dossus. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were really drawn to that. And, and then um, Ellen became Catholic after that because we had a young son, and so we all wanted to practice together. And um, and then Jeff lost. Fa- Father Jeff left right. um, uh, St. Francis, and we were like, hmm, it's, it's not the same. Right. And that's when we searched back, and we came back to Nativity, because we had searched here before. And we'll admit that Right. Like at first didn't ring, didn't ring our bell. Right. Didn't yeah. Say, so what, oh, I got to love it. You know, I love this, love parts of it. But to me, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted. But, well, I was going to ask, what did you not like or what was you said didn't ring your so, bell? So. so I would say, honestly, that and it's all part of our past. Right. Like, what are we used to? And so when you come from Cathedral, it's beautiful. It's well lit. It's got all these um 
you know, things that appear to be beautiful. Right. Much more traditional place. Right. right? Traditional. And that's what I'm used to. And so what I felt coming here was it was anything but traditional. Right. So it was a darker sanctuary. The lighting, I thought, yeah, was off. Yeah, the old off, church, yep. Mm-hmm. Right? And, well, um, what? <laughs> it was dark because it was it, just a brick building. Right. Yeah. And then and then you had this technology, you know, the big screens are kind of in your face, and that was very new and, and a little bit intimidating, I think. And then, um, you know, but the music was great, and the message was great. And so what you had to do is get over that first, you know, perception of, I don't know. And if right. you gave it more time, then it grew on us. And then we came here and I guess it's been, I don't know, 11 years, 12 years, something. Okay. So you came back. So you came the first time for all those reasons said, nah, it's not our bag. When you came back, did you still have that? You just got over it or did you, or when you came back the sec, that second time it was like, did, did it feel fresher at that point? Um, Have we improved? <laughs> or, yeah. Or so, you know, for us, it was just change, right? Okay. It was accepting the change. Okay. And it's, it's not like that has to fit my box. It was us changing to accept what this new look was. Okay. And so I think we were more open to that because we knew that St. Francis wasn't really feeding us. And so the message became more important. And the things that kind of bothered us became less important. Okay. And then the more we were here, we just felt the energy. We felt the spirit, the sense of community, the service, all of that. That's a great package. So the the music and message was appealing, but the technology was less kind of – is that a good way to put it? I would say initially, yeah. Yeah, okay. So what got you then engaged here at Nativity, you know, going from just sitting in the pews to, you know, stepping up to getting more involved, more engaged with with the parish? So I, th- I think it's just part of our faith walk, right? right? It's it's wanting to be more involved, and you have to make that choice. So the first thing is you have to make that decision and say yes, right? So it, sometimes it's just baby steps. Well, I mean, was it was a, a small group environment, or was that the biggest way you stepped forward? Or? I think originally, Tom, it was um, finance committee. Okay. So got involved in finance committee first. That was right at the time that we were raising the money for – Right. The, the new building. Yeah. And all that. The new church. Okay. And, um, you know, come from the financial back with a financial background. And I just felt like it would be a good way, A, to get involved, B, is be behind the scenes. But C, obviously, this was a big deal. And I just felt like I wanted to be part of it. And then, you know, and I think some of us, it's easy to kind of cut a check. Right. Like we have the wherewithal. And so that part was you know, it's easier sometimes because you don't have to do anything. You just right. cut a check. Like that's right. intimidating for a lot of people. And then you get used to giving and you're like, well, I can do that. That's easy. But then, right, it's like God's calling you for more and you guys actually encourage that, right? And so it's really kind of getting out of your own way and accepting the fact that I can do this and I want to do this. And so I think once you get over that little fence – then things just start opening up. Yeah, I think that's a great way. You know, we talk about the steps, and I think some steps are easier for others. You know, if you've grown up in a house where giving is part of it, you you start just giving. And, you know, we obviously call people to give more and become to be more intentional about that. Or if you grew up and you served, sometimes that's easier. So sometimes some steps are easier that, that, to take than others, but they also open up to the next one. So for you, it was really, if we were talking about the steps, it would be serving and... Um, 
because of just connections and relationships you have around here. Uh, when you put yourself forward, we knew who you were and all that and, you, and got you serving. Um, if you were to say this, and, and I, I want to get to the story. We have a story to get to, so but this is kind of maybe prepping us to get to your story. Because I, I haven't even really – I think I've heard some of it, but I still haven't heard all of it. So um, I, I like to ask everyone who's been doing this if on a scale of negative 10 to positive 10. So negative 10, where were you in your relationship with Christ before you came to Nativity? So if negative 10 was you were a Satanist, uh, positive 10 is your Mother Teresa, right, or your favorite saint, whoever. Where would you say you were when you came in? to nativity in your relationship with Christ? And where would now where would you say you are now, or how has it helped you move? Well, uh, I guess because I'm competitive, I would never say I'm a negative anything. But on a scale of zero to 10, I don't know. I'd always like to think I was maybe a three, four, you know, like, okay, but needed to do better, wanting to do better. And where am I today? Is that the, is that part yeah, of the Yeah, where question? would you put your yeah, or how do you think or how has it helped you grow? Yeah. Well, I'd like to say um I don't know, I'm an eight. I don't you know, again, that sounds who knows how that sounds, but, <laughs> but yeah. you know, right? Like I'm definitely on this upward trajectory. What? And, Go ahead. And I I just appreciate the fact that, you know, going through some personal challenges has opened my eyes to uh, we're not in control, right? And that we need our faith and we need others who believe in God to be around us and walk with us through those difficult times. Right. And, um, because otherwise I think we, we get lost. Right. And if we get lost, we're like that sheep that's yeah gone. Right. Right. And, and, uh, so you need to turn, you know, it's a little bit like the prodigal son story, you know, it's like, all right, I went away. I tried that. It didn't work very well. And now I'm coming back, and whether you have your tail between your legs, whether you've been humbled, whether you've recognized that you have maybe not done as well as you could have done, um, then, you know, then you're willing to admit, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I I, I want better, right? Uh, I have sinned, right? Right. It's, it's all of that. So you kind of fall on your sword, and I think it's easier to move forward once you do that. What What... So, and in, in going back to that, too, about the growth that you've seen, so three to eight, whatever, and you, you, it might feel like, you know, three to eight, let's just say that way. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. What, what helped you get from a three to an eight? What is What have been the environments or what have been the programs that have you would, or just... Uh, so, I would say it's, um, it's probably relationships, right? So, people have encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, but small group was a big resource. Right. And so I think through either house church, which I got involved with maybe 18 years ago, and that whole concept of being able to pray and pray for people and hands on people is like, it's a little intimidating to the average person. Right. Right. Um, You don't you don't know if that's really your skill set. You don't know if you can get over this. Right. And um, and so I would say. House church, which then led into, you know, maybe, you know, a small role here to being introduced to things and then meeting those kinds of people who were just kind of talking into you, right? And, right. and, and praying for you. And, and then, um, so I think the prayer life is a big part of our maturity. Um, it's been a big part of mine. Um, and so small group has really, really helped me a lot. And then Father Nicholas Amato has encouraged me to try to step up and do more. 
And so I went to his um, contemplative prayer retreat about three years ago mm-hmm. and got a lot out of it. And we reconnected and um, he said, man, you're pretty good at this. You want to, you know, you want to lead a group. And I said, well, thank you. I am leading a group. He said, well, then you need to do another one. And I said, <laughs> whoa, 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 you know, I don't move that fast. And so, but he came back to me. He was persistent. He came back to me and he said, um, you know, I really want to do this small group and we didn't call it small group university but it was really a a connection to these college-age kids um as we talked about earlier right and um and so i helped start that about i don't know a year and a half ago or so and uh, it's been an awesome experience right just helping listen to college age men who are struggling with the same things I struggled with back in college and figuring out who I am and what value do I have and you know what should my relationship be like and 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 all of that stuff so so a key thing has been for you those small groups and either um, getting involved and getting connected in those relationships and then helping to support and and serving in those groups as well because I know even when you stepped off financial counsel, I think by the end you were like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't the biggest place I can add my value. So it does seem there's a little bit of heart for group. Um, let's talk about the prayer because you, you mentioned that as well. So um, you had this kind of prayer encounter with Nicholas, but then this other prayer encounter with Luke here, who's part of our prayer and healing team. Um, you ready to go into that story? Sure. Okay. You're shaking your head. Yeah, yeah, so, no, yeah. no, no, absolutely. So give, give a little bit of context then of your experience there, because I don't even know how much I, 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 some of it might ring back to me about what happened, but so you came, because they've been doing these prayer things on Saturdays, do you just decide to come, or what? how did you get invited to that? So Mia asked me that question recently, and so the answer was, you guys send out a lot of data, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I try to pay attention, I don't click on everything, but um, I clicked on that, and... Uh, so the background. Of, what spoke to you about that right right there? Just uh, well, I'm getting ready to tell you, okay. right? Okay, and go so ahead. Uh, the background to that was my first step was I inherited generational sin. And so a lot of people don't know what that means. I was say, and ahead. so uh, I'm not sure I know exactly what it means, <laughs> but I'll tell you my version of what I think it is. Okay. And so. Um, I watched my dad model some behavior in our household that was um, condescending, um, let's say, to my mom. So I want to be careful, right, because this is kind of sensitive. But um, again, I don't want to disrespect my dad and his relationship, but um, it was uncomfortable to be around. And... um, I had three brothers and two sisters and, you know, everybody was kind of uncomfortable. And right. so, again, as a 15-year-old, a, you know, 18-year-old, you know, you know, we weren't even talking about our faith, much less yeah. bad behavior. And, and even, I think, Paul, as you know, it's a little bit too, it's like as, as parents, you know, we're going to wound our kids. You know, there's, there's no matter what, you know, you can't, the kind of joke. I know my kids will be in counseling for that. There is a sense, like no matter who you are as a parent, you've hurt your kids. It doesn't matter. But sometimes it can be maybe more intense than we want it to be or in, in certain families. So I, I just wanted to put that out yeah, there yeah, too. Yeah, right? yeah, so, um, so, so anyway, we grow up in this environment. You don't really know what to do with it. I always said, mm, I'm not going to be that guy. Mm-mm. Right. But I didn't really know how to talk about it with my parents, right? And so... 
be careful what you say, right? And and so I felt like this generational sin, my dad actually inherited that from his father. Mm-hmm. And I saw that behavior from his father when I used to work around his house when I was a kid. And he was a yeller and a screamer, and you know maybe that was uh, common back in those yeah. days, right? I mean, I mean, I almost say the sins of the father are, are the sins of the son. That if we don't, we learn from our from earlier generations, and that right. will get passed down. Unless, and this is maybe where you're going, someone stops it or says, "Wait a minute, I've, this has been a theme in my family. I need to stop it." So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So what happened with me specifically, Tom, is that I came in after recognizing it being embarrassed and ashamed of this behavior. I know I'm better than this, but there was like this little other part of me that was just reactive, right? And I didn't really understand it, um, but it was happening. Not 100% of the time, but it happened enough where it was a problem. And um, it obviously caused a problem in our marriage. And so I knew that I needed to break it. I knew I needed to break that. And so I don't think our son Jackson saw it a lot, but he probably saw it enough. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that's what I needed to do. And so I came and I confessed that to um, Father Michael White. And that was very intimidating for me, right? I can be pretty strong in a lot of ways, but that was... This is personal. Right. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. Right. um, But I know I needed to face this right and and come clean mm-hmm. and so we talked about it um we confessed it and i walked out of there not 100 percent sure i was um it was completely removed from me but it was a great first step okay um fast forward we get a divorce and i'm still wrestling with that burden Right. Doesn't seem gone. Yeah. Still feeling heavy. Right. And was having a hard time letting it go. And uh, so when I got the email coming back, right, like, okay, I'm going to go and lay this off. And was there any words that resonated with you? That was my specific. Was there like a a word, a phrase? It was just. No, I got to tell you, it was. it was like the spirit was telling me to go. Okay. I, I really didn't, I didn't call people. I didn't say, what's this about? I'm just like, nope, this is part of the process. Okay. Take, I, and the reason I asked that, step. the reason I asked that is because I'm trying to figure how to help. They think they're trying to figure out how to communicate because, and we're going to get there too. But I think people, I, and I told you on the phone, I think people say, oh, I'm praying for you. And that sounds like a nice platitude, but it's sort of just a platitude versus what you're going to think, talk about is a prayer that's deeper than just a wishful thinking or thought, you know? So anyway. Well, I think, again, as you um, as you develop your spiritual walk, you have to be aware of when God's really kind of nudging you, yeah. right? Yeah. And I just, I felt it. Yeah. And so I came. And again, it was a little bit like this invitation, like, I don't know, I'll come. And, and so, um, so I came. And then Luke was the leader of this group and you know everybody's got their mask on and i'm like kind of okay what's going on he said hi i'm luke said hi i'm tim he said tim what can we pray for you about and this is just you in a room or this is before you came in right next door okay yeah but in in a room and it was in a room in a corner of a room with four chairs yeah you know and everybody sits around and you're on the stage yeah go ahead 
Okay. And so, again, I confessed, told him my story. He related to me and said, gee, I went through a similar situation. I'm not talking about generational sin, but, you know, I got through, I went through a divorce and it was really, really hard on me. And, you know, I felt all this uncertainty and blah, blah, blah. And so, but Luke specifically prayed over me and gave me some verses that were very convincing for me, right? Like, um, no condemnation, right? Like God doesn't want this for you. He wants a great life for you. Um, that was really peaceful. And so I went back to him with a thank you letter after that. It took me a week or two to get it out. And we've built this connection. And I'm like, I felt so good after going to Father Michael and then going to Luke going, this is just part of the process of me healing. And taking those steps and admitting I needed help were big. And so I just felt like that was, you know, God's hand was in there kind of guiding me that way. He's always put the right kind of people in front of me. And Luke was one of those guys. And I was really moved by the way he prayed. And then I've gotten a chance to know your wife a little bit and Robin. And I'm amazed that first of all, people have this skill set, <laughs> right? That they can it's a spiritual gift, right? Yeah. That they can literally bring this healing power to you. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed by that. And then two is, I'm thinking, how many people in our community know of this? Oh my gosh, what a resource! To go back to your prayer with Luke, you know, because I, I, I think for most people, okay, you meet with a priest and he prays and he listens to you, and that's kind of in their conception, right, or, or, or think about. And so that's not really surprising. Um, the So but, but Luke, is, there was a prayer to it. There was like a power to it. What 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 did you experience uh, in that moment, or what, what was it that made it powerful for you? I felt like God was talking through Luke. Okay. And so um, I'm here to admit my mistake. I'm here to lay that at the feet of Jesus. I want to get rid of this. Mm-hmm. And then Luke just affirmed that, and he said, this is what Jesus really wants for you. And so it was really admitting and then listening, like, dude, you're good. Right. You're good. And did he have those verses? He just had those verses in his head, or he had those verses and he pulled out a Bible, or what what did he do for that? No, he had them in his head. Yeah. That blows me away. (laughs) What? I wish we could see that expression in the video. That's pretty good, right? And so... um, Again, I'm just, I'm in awe, and yeah. I feel like, you know, and I've, t- I've told other people this. I actually came back to you, and I was like, hello, right? Like, when we were down in, um, at our retreat. Yeah. And I just said, man, I, I really like this. I think this is a really good thing, and people ought to be aware of this. And so... Yeah, it's something I'm I'm open to trying to understand, too. I think it's a, it's a kind of prophetic prayer, or like praying of, like, God speaking to you, not... I, not versus you saying it, and there's the difference, I guess, in that kind of prayer. And I, I, I was thinking, you know, recently I was in a situation where somebody was going through a really hard time, and everyone's just kind of giving really good advice, or they're trying to talk into it, like, "Hey, I'm here for you," which is all good, you know. Hey, if you need your support, we'll come, you know, we'll come help you. But it felt like the difference of very human, just not bad. But as I was sitting there listening to everybody else talk, I'm like, how, what's the spirit want to be saying in this moment? And, and I don't know how to have that yet either. I'm, I'm like trying to learn from 
from these people to be able to say, I, I don't want to be saying my words right now. And when I pray, I don't want to be praying what I think, what Tom thinks. I want to be praying what the Holy Spirit thinks. And I think sometimes that can flow naturally, just we're becoming more like Christ. And so hopefully it becomes more like us. But then there's a, a way to be in rhythm with the Holy Spirit that I'm trying to figure out as well. So. Well, maybe you're analytical like me, and that's the problem, right? right. You have to just get on that art side of you and, and let it flow. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have that answer. Yeah. I wish I did. But that, that's why I'm trying to understand more what you at least you – but you did say God is talking to me. You know, it, it, it is God speaking to I, me. It, it gave me peace. Yeah. Right? And so I'm like, okay, well, that, that was part of the message. I want yeah. you to be at peace. Okay. Yeah. So and, right, you and I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, you experienced something almost supernatural above and beyond just what was there. So, yeah, where do you go? What are you taking from that? Do you just do you have that piece, or where do you go with that from that experience from here, or um, somewhat sharing this? You wanted to share that story, or what is it? What does it enable you to do now? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. So I don't know a lot about. Um, the future, but what I do know is that uh, I I am thankful uh, that Christ is in my life, and that I am leaning into Him more than I ever have, and that He continues to show up, and um, and as a result, I'm trying to pay attention, right? So can so Tim just continuing to look into where Christ is leading you and, and, and just open to what that'll be or what? Well, so I retired two years ago. So I left my business after 31 years. I'm recently divorced. Uh, I have a lot of uncertainty, but so it's not clear cut. Right. A lot of things, right? Like, you know, what's the plan? I, it's okay to say, I don't know. Right. Right. And so where does this go from here? I would like to think that small group is part of that. I know giving back to Baltimore. I mean, when I retired, I said three things. I wanted to get closer to Christ. I wanted to work on my relationships. And um, because I am extroverted and I like people. And then number three is um, I want to get back to Baltimore. And so I'm doing pretty well in that last part. Um I feel like I'm pretty involved here, even though it's quiet, which is fine. I'm fine to be in the background. Um, love small groups, love my connections there. Uh, but on the giving back to Baltimore, it's specifically kind of family related right now in the sense that my dad and my grandfather uh, both were inspired to give back to Baltimore. And so they created these, in one case, scholarship funds that supports Catholic education, the not scholarship funds. Um, supports grade school, high school, and college education. Um, so I'm involved there. And then I'm also involved in my dad's foundation, which supports the adult addicted population of Baltimore City. Mm-hmm. And then also some Catholic school kids in the city like Christo Ray and St. Ignatius, et cetera, et cetera. So um, really cool with my background and skill set to be able to come into those and feel like uh, I can be part of adding some value there. Uh, and giving back. So that's sort of where you're going with how God would use you in the future and, and what, you, what you're seeing. Well, I, it's 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 where I am now, right? And then, you know, hopefully I have a lot of time and, you know, I'll figure out the rest of the story. So um, I got to be there for my son. He's he's 
going to be a senior this year and you know he's transitioning to you know will be transitioning to college and you know what that's like and he's he's my only child so I certainly want to be part of that um so uh that's that's what I can tell you okay any any, any last thought on just on what's your kind of for your spiritual journey here at nativity or for anyone or just in general to this point of one takeaway for people of what um, either you've learned or you would say is, is important about kind of growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ? I think take the next step, right? It's it's be willing to get outside of your comfort zone, uh, learn how to pray. You know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of it is just joining a group because you're not extroverted, you're introverted. And right. you're going to, oh, I'm, I'm insecure because I don't, you know, people won't, I don't know if they're going to like me or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. And so I just think it's taking that next step and then um, giving it some time to work through that kind of tension. This is right. I don't know. Right. Just go with it. And, um, and then I think the Lord blesses those steps. Yeah. Well, again, that's the nudging of feeling like God brought you all this peace in this season of your life. Because you felt the nudging, you took the step, and you experienced this prayer moment. And uh, again, I'm hoping more people get experience of that and that that kind of peace you had there. So, thank you. Cool. Well, thanks, Tim. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll continue. Maybe we'll hear your story again some other time. Some more of it some other time. Okay, great. Thanks for having me.